Hey, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. On today's show, we got to talk about there's a curse going around. And I know Minnesota Vikings fans think they're cursed. I know they think that, you know, Minnesota sports as a whole is cursed. No championship is ever going to come to Minnesota. But there's another championship curse out there in the NFL that I just realized and just kind of looked at. And it involves Kirk Cousins. Are the Vikings cursed? Or can the Vikings use this curse to their benefit? We'll find out coming up next in the Ron Johnson Show. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcasts. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey, I'm Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show, and this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more, and visit fanduel.com backslash locked on today to get started. And also remember, you can download the Amazon Fire and Roku apps on your TV. You can find Locked On Sports Minnesota when you download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app. You get all of our videos, all of our shows, and you get instant updates every time we upload a new show. And I was talking about the curse of uh, Minnesota sports. And everybody in Minnesota, those outside of Minnesota kind of know when you think about the kickers. And as I bring uh, Sam Ekstrom into the show, my producer, um, Sam, you're, you're, you're well-versed. You're, you're a Minnesotan. I'm from Detroit. So some of the stuff I didn't realize, like I didn't realize uh, the kick that the, the Vikings kicker had been, uh, 1998, had been basically perfect yep. the entire season. Perfect. 100%. And then he waits to that game to miss one. So I wasn't aware of that. I wasn't aware of uh, the four Super Bowls the Vikings had went to. Uh, those are things I've learned as I've gotten older in the state of Minnesota. Because even in college, I mean, I was here in 1998 playing for the Gophers. So I was around when the team was really good. Um, but honestly, I mean, I was a receiver at the University of Minnesota. So I guarantee you, if you were to poll like Chris Altman-Bell, uh, Daniel Jackson, if you go to a couple receivers, even Brevin Span for the tight end, uh, probably even Tanner Morgan, the quarterback. And maybe P.J. Fleck. P.J. Fleck might know because he's a coach. But I guarantee you none of those guys know what the Vikings kicker is about right now. Like, I guarantee they're not like, oh, man, he's really good except for on extra points. For some reason, he just can't he can't get right. Like, no, they, they wouldn't know that. I can You can say, hey, do you remember Daniel Jones? Because uh, Tanner Morgan was here. You remember what happened with, uh, da- sorry, Daniel Carlson uh, and his kicks mm-hmm. with the Green Bay Packers? They're not going to remember that. And that now he's perfect with the Raiders? Like, again, it's a kicker. So a lot of that stuff I didn't know and the curse of Minnesota. But there was a curse that recently popped up. And as I started to look at it, I'm like, you know, I get it. I get it. And we are going to talk about uh, this weekend's games as well, because we have to talk about this weekend's games, because there's a lot there's a lot around there. And would the Vikings have put up a fight against any of these teams? And and where would you uh, rank them in, in, in the hierarchy of the teams that were in this? So when I look at this, it's called the Cousins Curse, Sam. There's a Kirk Cousins 
curse. And no, this curse is not anything negative towards the Vikings. So let me get that right out of there. It's not negative towards the Vikings, but there is a Kirk Cousins curse. The Cousins curse says that no team has lost to Kirk Cousins and gone on to play the Super Bowl. No team has lost to Kirk Cousins. Now, again, this is a sensational kind of thing somebody threw out there. I haven't gone and looked at like all the red, uh, the Washington football team stuff that he was a part of. I didn't look at that. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing this is a Vikings related Kirk Cousins, but I don't know. I can go back and look at Super Bowl champions, and I'll do that. I'll probably follow this up tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, with if the, if this curse is real or not. Um, but when you look at this, no team has lost to Kirk Cousins and gone on to play in the Super Bowl. Not even make it to Super Bowl, play in the Super Bowl. The one team that I think could have broke this curse. Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills could have easily broken this curse, gone to the Super Bowl like we all said. I said it week one, so now my, my whole prediction's gone. Um, the Eagles are still in it, though, so I did pick the Eagles. But the Bills, that was that was my one that I thought we talked about that with the whole deal. And we'll talk about a little bit about this weekend, too, maybe in the second segment, about things in the NFL that we saw this weekend. Um, but it got a little weird for me this weekend at the Bills game, and I'll tell you why. But here's the curse, Sam. The Washington football team, the Saints, the Packers, the Dolphins, the Giants, the Patriots, Cardinals, Colts, Lions, Jets, Bears, Bills. Those are the teams this year. Yep. Now, I don't know, again, I don't know if this is they've looked at this every single year or this is just this year. And, again, this might be a this year Cousins curse that somebody just wanted to put out there. It'd be sensational. Now, I will do a little bit more research. I saw this late last night when I text you. Like, what the heck is this? So I thought it was something, something <laughs> funny to just put out there. Uh, but if this was a 2022 season's curse, hey, maybe Josh Allen could have broke it. But again, he lost to Kirk Cousins, and he was cursed. <laughs> because there's no way that game should have went the way it went. There's no way Stefan Diggs should have been that upset at Josh Allen on the sideline when you think about it. Uh, there's no way Stefan Diggs walks out the locker room before the coaches even get back through the tunnel and then has to be bought back to the locker room allegedly we don't know because we haven't seen the footage or anything but allegedly uh, a player had to go get him and bring him back to the locker room uh to wait for the coaches to come in and do the you know last last speech ever uh and then hey have a great offseason see you guys at the super bowl you know see you guys at the pro bowl maybe see you next year man just go we don't need no have y'all gonna be back bye um so that's that's where i look at that cousin's curse I don't know, Sam. But, I mean, what do you think? Because as they even say it out loud, I'm like, that can't be true. Like, there has to be a team that Kirk Cousins has beaten in his entire career that's made it to Super Bowl. Yeah, so I can't go back to Washington, but I'm looking at recent Super Bowl winners, and I've got a pretty good memory when it comes to, to you know, who he played each season. So mm -hmm. last year, Bengals and Rams, they both beat Kirk Cousins. Bengals mm -hmm. in week one, Rams in week 17. Yeah. So that holds up. Okay. He did not beat either of those teams. Uh, 2019 season, the Chiefs made the Super Bowl. They beat Kirk Cousins in Kansas City. Yep. Um, and the 49ers, they beat Kirk Cousins in San Francisco in the playoffs. Yeah. So that holds up. And then the 2019 or 2018 19 season, um, the Patriots and Rams, they both beat Kirk Cousins that season. Uh, the Rams in week four, and then the Patriots in the game where Thielen got mad at Belichick and uh, DiFilippo almost got fired. Um, so it holds up at least with the Vikings. It's never happened. It's wow. legit. 
so far. So that was that four you went. Oh, that because that's only that's when he first got to the Vikings, right? Yep. And then well, yeah, the 2020 season. Oh yeah, and the Bucks, the Bucks in 2020, uh, they beat the Vikings toward the mm. end of the year. So really, mm. the the curse. It's not a curse. It's a if you beat, if you beat Kirk, Kirk Cousins, Cousins, you, you might are go destined to, Super Bowl. to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> who who beat them? Let me see who beat them this year. Nobody beat them this year that has a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Packers, Lions, um, Cowboys. Oh, well, no, Cowboys beat them though, but that doesn't matter. You have to lose to Kirk Cousins to officially be cursed. But the Cowboys beat them, and right. then the Eagles. So the Eagles might. The Eagles can make it. The Eagles can make it. Mm-hmm. Beat Kirk Cousins, you have a better chance of going to the Super Bowl than if you lose to Kirk Cousins. That's as a Viking. We'll have to go back to the Washington Commanders because then this is like something we really need to like put out there. <laughs> Just go after it. <laughs> but Sam, when you look at this weekend, uh, I, I kind of want to do like, what did you get from the weekend? When you look at this weekend's games, what did you take from the weekend? Because everybody, because I tweeted this and, and, and one guy was like, I can't believe you get paid to talk about football. And I'm like, well, you know, Vikings game day live has been eight seasons. Vikings fan line has been nine seasons. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Locked on sports, Ron Johnson show has been one season. Like I can't, I can't stop the fact that I'm actually good at my job. Um, but I like to tweet stuff every once in a while just to get the people going. And he said, I can't believe you get paid because only thing I said was watching this game. And I was talking about the uh, blowout of the Eagles giants. I said, yeah. watching this game truly made me feel like the Vikings should have been in it. And then I said, well, we'll see what the Dallas Cowboys 49ers game looks like. But I truly feel like the Vikings could have been in this and should have been this and would have made it a better playoff situation of four teams in the NFC compared to the four that are still left, where it would have been Eagles, Cowboys, Vikings, Niners. And the way Brock Purdy, and again, I don't know if it was the Cowboys defense. I know there were some turnovers or Brock Purdy is just starting to come back to the pack and come back to reality uh, because some of his throws, even the one to Brandon Ayuk on that, like he ran like a deep out and then curl. It wasn't a great ball. Like, even when they slowed it down and tried to sensationalize, like, like Brock Purdy knew he was going the ball. Look at this route by Brandon Ayuk. It was not spinning right. It was, it came off his hands weird. It was a little high. And so I just feel like they're trying to sensationalize a lot of these throws. Like, some of the circus catches these guys are making for him. It's like, these guys are just making plays for him. I don't know if it's per se him or if it's the, 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 the receivers. And so if I'm a coach and I'm really breaking down this film, I'm kind of like, man, I don't know. Like, Trey Lance is, gives me more. Like, Trey Lance can really run. Now we'll see after injury what he looks like when he gets back. Uh, how's his mental? Is he going to be worried about injury moving forward? But Trey Lance can really move. Trey Lance can really throw. So with these weapons, Trey Lance can be even more dangerous. This defense. Uh, now, does Trey Lance turn it over more? Um, who knows? You know, does Trey Lance become kind of the Jay Cutler where he's like really, really athletic, boom or bust? Uh, does he become uh, more more like a Dak Prescott, where you know you go through phases of a lot of interceptions, but gives you high ceiling and upside? Who knows? Or does it become a Kirk Cousins, where it's like, look, very consistent, conservative, uh, but runs better than Kirk Cousins? I mean, you, like, we don't know what Trey Lance is going to be. But for people to feel like he got Wally pipped, I didn't see a lot in that Cowboys game. And that's why I felt like I think the Vikings truly – I think their offense, to me, would have been a little bit more high-powered and 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 could have maybe run – not say run away with it, but put some pressure on Purdy to have to do – like the Cowboys never put pressure on Purdy. 
Um, their offense definitely like the jet sweeps and all the stuff they did with CD Lamb, I think was great. Uh, but Pollard getting hurt, I think that hurt them big time. They killed them. Like they mm-hmm. didn't have that second gear back, they didn't have that screen game back. And Zeke, we know, is getting older. He was getting tired. And running backs generally don't play past 30, like well. Like once they get over that 29, 30 year old age, they, they kind of get worn down. Like, I mean, look at all Todd Gurley. Uh, uh, Jerome Bettis even uh, Eddie George like you can look at all the backs and as they hit that 30 mark like they've been in the league for six seven eight years they just start to wear down uh, where and that's any player but like running backs for sure you start to see wear and tear and so maybe that's where Zeke's at and that's why Pollard looks so good like Pollard was the one-two punch and they really they literally yeah. just took turns and so that's where I got from that. And so, the, of course, you know, a guy was mad. I don't know. But what did you think? When you saw those games, did you think the Vikings yeah. had a chance? Yeah, 49ers game specifically, I don't know if the Vikings' defense could have held the 49ers down like the Cowboys did. Dak wasn't very good in that game. Kirk Cousins, I think, could have showed up, scored 24, scored 28 points, uh, because the Vikings went to Buffalo and hung 33. Like, if they can do that, yeah. they can do that anywhere. So – I'm not, I don't know if the Vikings have a better showing than the Cowboys. I think it's probably a higher scoring game if the Vikings are involved in that game. But there's something kind of fun about watching the Cowboys implode. I don't know. It was, it was kind of – and speaking of curses, Ron, that's 12 straight playoffs where the Cowboys have not made the conference championship game. Wow. Uh, that's pretty bad. So that was interesting. But I thought the most compelling game was the Chiefs-Jaguars. Yeah. Just because the, the Mahomes injury – introduced this whole new wrinkle. Chad Henney is in there. Mahomes is just waiting on the sideline. He can barely walk, comes back in. Is he going to play next week? Um, Could the Jaguars have upended the Chiefs? I thought that was all very interesting, and that's going to be the biggest story on SportsCenter, first take, you know, uh, Skip and Shannon all week. Is Mahomes going to play in the game? Uh, I'm guessing, Ron, he doesn't practice. I'm guessing he's in a boot all week. Mm-hmm. And something tells me he's going to show up and just be Patrick Mahomes on Sunday. I don't know. He's he's a different kind of breed. Yeah. So the one thing about Patrick Mahomes difference because you know people are like, oh, he played and Lamar. The big difference is Pat Mahomes has his money. He's got paid, so it doesn't matter if he's hurt. He can he can tear his ankle apart, and he's got his guaranteed money. He's been paid hundreds of millions of dollars, so he's fine. Lamar Jackson has been played millions but not like generational, you know, take care of my entire family yet. Like he wants that $100 million, $200 million contract that Patrick Mahomes, that uh, uh, who just got theirs, Kirk Cousins. I mean, he's gotten one with the 84 and then turned around and got another 100 some uh, million dollars. And then you look at um, Deshaun Watson, $230 million. Like he wants to be up there. Like he wants that $200 million contract. And so it's a big difference. Uh, Tony Romo said something, though, that, that oh, I hate to even agree with Tony Romo. Uh, but he said, when you wake up the next day, that's when you'll know, because they probably gave him a tordal shot. They probably gave him some type of numbing shot into his ankle or something, or some type of steroid into his ankle uh, to kind of, you know, and then taped it up and then say, Hey, let's do what you can do. And when he's standing still and when he's under center, you could tell he was fine. But the minute he realized he had to put pressure on that leg to really get the ball back to the running back, he did the one, two, two step like he looked like he was you know watching russell wilson's wife somewhere uh like let me see you one two step because he did the like one two and then hopped on the same foot again and it's like clearly he didn't even want to put pressure or push off on that other ankle so when he wakes up we'll see 
Uh, we will see. So when you look at the Giants, 35 to 7, you got the Cowboys 19 to 12. Uh, you got the Bengals and the Bills 27 to 10. Uh, and then you got the Jags 27 to 20. The Jags and the Cowboys gave their opponents the biggest run for their money. The Bills and the Giants laid an egg, which I did not expect because I thought the Bills were going to, like, I picked the Bills to win. I picked the Bills to go to the Super Bowl. Like, I thought the Bills would turn around and beat the Chiefs this year. Like, they show year after year of them watching the confetti fall and all this other stuff with the Chiefs and the Bengals. And then they they didn't even make it that far this time, you know? And you didn't even see uh, – the only thing I've heard was that Josh Allen was sitting in his locker well past uh, when everybody else was already gone and getting ready, and then he finally got in the showers. And so when, when you think about that, when you think about laying an egg like that, when you think about Stefan Diggs' outbursts, I, I I wonder, like, again, Stefan Diggs got paid, you know, but he he has a chance to, like, maybe get traded, maybe go somewhere else. Like, does he go to the Jets? You know, when you think about Garrett Wilson, Stefan Diggs, the Jets, the Jets could get a quarterback of the future. They could get Tom Brady. They could get Aaron Rodgers. Does Stefan Diggs dip? Because he's like, look, man, like, but it's one game. It's one game. He's wide open. He couldn't believe Josh Allen didn't throw it to him. Uh, visibility wasn't the best. So it wasn't like it was like, oh, you just didn't see. Like, he probably couldn't see you. I mean, it, visibility wasn't great. Um, who knows? Bullets are flying. But, yeah, it was interesting to see a, a Stefan Diggs kind of meltdown. Uh, and then the post-game tweets of everybody saying Stefan Diggs. And, he'll, who knows? He, he might not come back to social media and apologize. He might. You know, he's probably called texting Josh Allen, my bad man. Yep, I shouldn't have done it. I was, I was, I was tripping. I was emotional. I thought we would, you know, I thought this was our year. Um, but you know, the whole narrative, and we'll talk about this in the next segment, the whole narrative of where the NFL is and and what this weekend was supposed to be. And and honestly, and this, and this is where I I want to make sure I say this too. I don't know if the Vikings could have went toe for toe, toe-to-toe with this with the 49ers. And the reason is defense. The 49ers defense is great. And the 49ers offense is great. Yes, I think the Vikings offense can go with anybody, but if they're if they're being held to like a 12-point type game, um, and, and think about that kicker. Like I, I I do believe too, if he makes that kick, I think that changes the scope of the direction of the, the scoring. You know, they're not trying to go for two, they're not trying to do this, this, and that. Like he put them in a weird position um by missing that first extra. Oh, he didn't miss it, he got blocked. But it, just, it didn't look like, even if it didn't get blocked, I don't think he would have made it. it. It had a weird spin to it. Didn't look like it was going towards where it should be going. It was low. Mm-hmm. Um, no reason for it to be that low. It just seemed like that was a lot of pressure. And um, when you when you see that, it like if you're down five at the end of the game, maybe your mindset's different. You know, if you have an opportunity to just kick a field goal, maybe your mindset's different. You know, like it, there's a lot that changes in the game when the points don't go the way they should go. And and I think that was an interesting uh, game for the, Cow- the Dallas Cowboys kicker or two games where he might not be back next year. Who knows? Like the fact that they bought a kicker in and then they had a competition during the week and it probably didn't go the way they thought it would go. Like they had to stick with their guy. And so, yeah, who knows? Who knows? They don't, I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past Jerry Jones to draft a kicker now in the fourth round. Like I want the best kicker out there. Who's the best college kicker? I want him. Because everything else, the Cowboys pretty much have it. They have a defense. They have a quarterback. They have two running backs. They have a great offensive line. I can see him driving the kicker. Like I, I, I easily can see him driving the kicker. Um, but but my point though is when you look at um, 
this past weekend and you look at all the teams and everything that played out, uh, there are some things in the NFL and there's a lot of narratives being pushed out there the way, you know, the NFL is rigged and all this other stuff and, and they want this and they want that. Um, I, I don't know if it could, if it's rigged, I, I feel like you want the Vikings in it. Like, I feel like the Vikings give like the, the Vikings give you what you want, which is a Cowboys Eagles game earlier. And then the Vikings 49ers. Because the 49ers are going to get there regardless. I think, you know, I think the 49ers beat the Vikings. But I I feel like if you really want it rigged, you want the Cowboys-Eagles early. You want one of them to feel like, because I think the Cowboys could have beat the Eagles. I do feel like that's a team that was fast enough that could have stopped some of the things the Eagles were doing in that run game and with Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. Like you watch the way, uh, and and Jalen Hurts is a lot faster than Brock Purdy, but you watch the way uh, Micah Parsons made Brock Purdy change direction numerous times. Like Brock Purdy thought he had the edge. And Michael Parsons is like, nope, you're not faster than me. I, I think that the Cowboys and the way the Cowboys go four two, and we'll talk about this um, later too, because there's something the Cowboys did defensively that I think the Vikings need to do. The Cowboys do something defensively that the Vikings need to do, and we'll talk about that next in the next segment. But before we do, check out our Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube. Following every Twins. Vikings, Wild, or Wolves game. Our Locked On team hosts are broadcasting live with Team Insiders. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to Locked On Sports, Minnesota's YouTube channel. And we have a word from our sponsors. We are excited to tell you about FanDuel, the new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today. Get started with a $150 free bet guarantee when you place your first $5 bet. Sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Looking back at the weekend, Eagles covered handily. Uh, 49ers covered against the Cowboys. Bengals, Bengals covered. They were big dogs against Buffalo. They covered by a long shot. Get all those lines at FanDuel. It's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet. Get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Well, as promised in the Ron Johnson show, I got to talk about this Cowboys game. And I said there was something in the Cowboys game that I feel like 2023, the Minnesota Vikings are looking for a defensive coordinator. And when you're looking for a defensive coordinator, um, the question is, one, what can we get in the draft? So now they have to figure that out right now. Four draft picks right now. They have to get a plan. Quasey, what's your what's your thoughts? And, and this is what people don't know. GMs are calling GMs right now, especially GMs that are out. Like GMs that are out, they don't care about the freaking playoffs and the Super Bowl. They're calling each other now, like, hey, man, like I know the trade deadline's coming or whatever, the offseason's coming up, and I know the trades are possibly going to start to happen. I know the draft is – like, what are you thinking? Oh, man, what are you thinking? You tell me. I mean, you tell me. You know, like they're they're playing that game now. You know, they're going to see each other at different events, Super Bowl, uh, Pro Bowl if they're down there. But this is that time. This is that time where GMs now if, – if anybody's ever wanted to kind of get an inside look, watch watch a, a draft day because uh, I know we talked about that before mm-hmm. with an exec – and he said, it's kind of like that. Like, it's kind of like that. Uh, not so much sneaky, like, well, what's wrong with this guy? Why aren't you drafting him? Will you tell me? What do you want? Like, it, it, but it is those conversations. Like, they're calling each other at breakfast. They're calling each other while they're at the gym. Like, yo, man, what's what's going on? 
And so when you think about, and that's why uh, Vrabel, when you think about the Tennessee Titans, their trade with A.J. Brown, that's why he was so pissed when it happened because he's like, we didn't even talk about this. Like, what are y'all doing? Y'all just traded away my future. Like, he was going to make me the next great head coach. But here's what I, to pay off the tease, the Dallas Cowboys this weekend to start the game, and this is against one of the best offenses when you talk about personnel, movement, alignment, assignment, shuffs, shuffle, or shuffs and shuffles, shuffles <laughs> and shifts. <laughs> shuffles and shifts, not shuffs and shuffles. Uh, shuffles and shifts, motions and changes. It's the 49ers. They came out in a 4-2-5. They went four D-linemen, kicking Demarcus Lawrence down, hand in the ground, and they went three linebackers, but they put their other linebacker on the end. And uh, they removed, uh, I think Anthony Barr was removed out of that. And he, I think he was questioning anywhere hurt. But they, the way they started with those four showed me that you can still be a 3-4 but have a 4-2 front. And then what you do is you kick the nickel down. Yeah, they took Anthony Barr out because they bought the nickel. And it was 5 DBs. They bought the nickel down. And the nickel safety, which was J. Ron Curse, was in the box. And then the other safety would come down in the box. So could the Vikings do that? Yes. You think about Lewis Seen. He could easily be that guy. He could be your fifth DB that's in as a nickel, but he's the linebacker. Not Shannon Sullivan as a cover guy, as a linebacker. But now you have a safety that's a linebacker that can cover, that can play in space, that understands to drop back, but also strong enough, big enough, fast enough to make tackles on running backs, to take on, uh, you know, get the defeat linebackers. Now, again, we haven't seen Lewis seen completely in the NFL season yet. So maybe that's a little far. J. Ron Curse, it took him a while to get to where he's at. I've always said, you can go back and listen to my, my, my post game and pregame. They should have, the big nickel was talked about for years in Minnesota and they never really did it. And then it was too late. Uh, but J. Ron Curse showed like, this is what a big nickel looks like. This is what a big, nickelback that can cover anybody looks like and so brian flores and that's the talk brian flores is possibly going to be the vikings defense coordinator he's in for a visit i was told by a source inside the building he's coming um they like him they want to see what he's learned from the steelers so understand that he spent time with mike tomlin the vikings love mike tomlin like everybody loves mike tomlin but the vikings love mike tomlin so what did he learn from mike tomlin and then mike tomlin Learn from him. The Steelers run a 3-4. The Vikings have a kind of a 3-4 look, but this is the difference. When you look at the Miami Dolphins, they play head up on the center. So it's like a cock nose. You're a two-gapper. That means you have both gaps on the opposite side of the center. So you become the control guy. So you need a violent Jordan Davis, a Linval Joseph in his prime. You need a violent guy. Um, you look at the, the way the tackles are. They're shading the eye of the tackle. So could Daniil Hunter do that? Yes. Daniel Hunter can always be your wide guy because one of these guys, he's inside the tackle where now Daniel Hunter can work inside the tackle or work right outside the tackle. And then you have Zadarius Smith theoretically standing up and you bring in another linebacker to stand up or defensive end and you get your same front. But now Daniel Hunter has his hand in the ground. I feel like Brian Flores can get that out of the Vikings defense behind that. You play a cover two shell. You always are in some type of two shell, but it can be two man. It could be, you know, off two where your corners are going to play off like it's four and they're just going to walk up into two. But you're always but you're always in a shell. And then you're going to have that Tampa two backer, which could be Eric Kendricks. It could be Jordan Hicks, depending on who. But guy's going to could be Brian Asamoah. A guy's going to drop back into coverage and he's going to like you watch uh, uh, Warner with the 49ers. I'm a 54. 
he ran the middle of the field with CD Lamb. That's not normal. That was a linebacker to do that. But I feel like Brian Osamoa, not feel like I know Brian Osamoa can do that. I know he can run step for step with a guy like CD Lamb in the middle of the field, knowing that once you go up the scene, there's only a, one route you're running, which is a go. Like you're not running. Now, technically, you could do some Rams stuff, and the Rams got Anthony Barr like this. They made you think it was going to be a go, and it'll be like a, a post by the running back because uh, he ran him up the middle and then ran a post. Um, we've seen Christian McCaffrey run up the middle and then run a corner. But those are those are next-level running backs. With the receiver, you already have wide guys. You have him going up the seam. He knew, hey, I'm going to just face guard him and run where he goes. And then when I think the ball's coming, I'm going to put my hands up. That was crazy that he was able to cover him down the field. So I feel like that's what the Vikings could do. But with Brian Flores, I like it. I, I like it's a younger voice. It's a guy, like I said, that's learned from Mike Tomlin. Uh, Mike Tomlin is one of the best defensive, defensive coaches. And not just defense, like player coaches, player coaches in the NFL. And I feel like Brian Flores has learned a lot. I think Brian Flores got a raw deal in Miami. I don't think they ever gave him a chance. Um and so, yeah, that's where I go with the Brian Flores. But I, after watching this weekend's games and defensively, I think the Vikings could get it done with a guy like him that can bring in the tight front to cover all the gaps because that's where it was a lot of gap integrity questions. But then the coverage behind it as well, when you think about the Steelers and how they cover and how they cover a lot of field. Um, and it's a mindset. You get a defensive coordinator comes in and changes the mindset of the team too. The, the DB is like, look, man, we're going to be physical. We're going to be bullies. Like the, the 49ers were bullies. They were blasting the Cowboys players. Like they were playing bully ball and that's that's where i think the vikings can get to i don't know sam what do you think 15 years in the patriots organization for flores two out of three winning seasons in miami spending time around tomlin that's an awesome resume yeah i mean that should be the number one candidate and i think he has a head coaching interview too somewhere yep. so they have to to make sure he doesn't get hired away to be a head coach the only problem with this is that if you do get him it might not be for long because I think if they had any success, I think Flores would be a head coaching uh, like major candidate for right. the next coaching cycle. So you might not have him for long. Um, but it sounds like what you're saying is that with the Cowboys, they were like coming up with creative concepts for their personnel. Yeah. Vikings just didn't do that enough last year. Correct. And they didn't do anything creative with Chandon Sullivan in the nickel. They didn't do anything creative with Harrison Smith at Facts. safety. The most creative thing they did which wasn't even good, was drop Daniil Hunter in coverage, which was a bad <laughs> idea. So I think they can, just by oh, yeah. even introducing any new idea at all, they'll be more creative than they were last year. Facts. Um, yeah, and, and again, creative. Creativity. Uh, you, you hit the nail on the head. When you look at, I mean, watching the Cowboys 49ers game, um, it, was, it was crazy to see the number of like safety blitzes, nickel blitzes, I mean, they were blasting Brock Purdy and they were coming after Dak. Like Dak almost like I thought he hurt his hand again. Like one of his throws, he had a like he literally had a guy in his underarm and he had to get rid of the ball to the running back. Like it was it was crazy the amount of times they were getting home. I mean, one time and I, and I blame Dak for this. And that's why I agree with you when I say when you said Dak played bad. I don't think he played 100 percent bad. I think he wasn't prepped. Right. Like I think now people are saying like, oh, the 49ers had two extra days because they played on Saturday and the, the, the Cowboys had to play on, on Monday. Maybe, maybe. But at the same time, and then, the, you know, and then the 49ers knew who they were playing too after, you know, this team lost, this team lost. They're like, oh, we know the Vikings lost. Okay. So we know who we play now. Um, But this is 
this is where I mean, not sorry, we knew they knew the two teams that were going to play. And so when you think about that, I I just feel like like the t- uh, uh, the the uh, um, was it Tafunga, his blitz. I don't mm-hmm. know if people remember that he came up into the a gap and this like never had to stop running. Like at what point if you see a safety coming, you don't fake go or something or say easy 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 and let and let him slow down so he doesn't get a running start to somebody that can't pick him up. That, like I blame Dak for that. Like you see him full speed. It's like he's not trying to trick you. He's not running down a fake like he's gonna run back. Like that's crazy. Nobody's gonna run that, that down that fast to then go back. They're gonna creep down and then go back. But running, he was trying to like in his favorite player, his mentor is Troy Palmalo. So clearly, that's what Troy Palmalo did too. He would run as fast as he can and try to time up the snap and like jump over the center or get the Dak Prescott was not ready. Mentally, I just feel like he wasn't in it. I feel like maybe the the, the Cowboys got a code. That's what, and so you know Jerry Jones brings up like, oh, uh, it, uh, what's his name? Um, Mike McCarthy is not, you know, his job's not on the line. Yeah, Jerry Jones says a lot of stuff that then you look back, you're like, okay, he definitely went opposite of what he said he was going to do. But at the end of the day, Brian Flores, I think he is a good fit for the Vikings. I think he does have the innovation. I think he's learned a lot. Like you said, Belichick. Uh, you look at Belichick's matchup zone stuff where Belichick's like, I'm going to take away your best player. I'm going to take away your best player and I'm going to let the, my guys do the rest. Like Brian Flores has that in him. He has the, the Blitzberg mentality of like, here's how we get so many blitzes and it's three, four. Like we just come from different places, five to six guys every time, but different guys. Like, I, I think that's the time now. The time is to get a young, innovative coach in here, whether you have him for two years or not. I think Brian Flores knows, like, hey, the Vikings are an up-and-coming organization with Kevin O'Connell. They won 13 games, so most likely the Packers are not going to be who they are. The Bears are, are going to be okay. I think I think it's going to be Vikings-Lions. Like, if Aaron Rodgers leaves, it's going to be Vikings-Lions next year. Vikings-Lions are going to be fighting for the NFC North, which would be crazy to even think. But I feel like Vikings-Lions. Like, Jared Goff, you got the young receivers, running back, run game is good. But, hey, we got the Daily Three coming up next. That's three day, uh, three questions, three minutes each. But before we do that, when you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcast. You can find our videos on Locked On Sports Minnesota's YouTube channel. We have a word from our sponsors. Thanks for making the Ron Johnson Show your first listen every day. Also, make sure to check out Locked On Sports today. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked on Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, you know what time it is. It's the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away, Sam. All right, Ron. Four losing teams from the weekend. The Jaguars, the Giants, Mm -hmm. the Bills, the Cowboys, Which franchise's fans are in the most panic today about the team's future? Ooh, it's a good one. So when I look at the team's futures, I'm going to start with the Jags. I don't think they're in panic mode at all. Like, that was a ridiculous comeback win against the Chargers. I mean, history was almost made. I mean, 33 points is history, but that history, I don't know if that's a playoff history. I didn't even look into that, but that's history. Being down 27, your quarterback doing what he did. So I don't think they're in a panic. They have young weapons. Christian Kirk will be fine. He has He's going to have an offseason to, 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 to heal up. Um, I think they're fine. Uh, you look at the uh, Giants. I think, they, I think they think Danny Dimes is the guy. Like Brian Day Bowl, 
is the guy. Like you look at all the the quarterbacks he's been around and who he's been able to grow. Josh Allen, Tom Brady. Um, hey, look, like he's doing that now with Josh Allen. So I I, I do think, or sorry, I mean with uh, Daniel Jones. Um, I do feel like they know, like Saquon Barkley. Like we have a guy. Our defense can get a little better, and that's where they're going to look. Um, who else lost? The Cowboys. Cowboys and Bills. So between the two, it, that's a tough one for me. Because I don't think any should really panic. Panic. But I do feel like both. Like I feel like even. So the panic of the Cowboys are like, what is our window with Dak and Ezekiel Elliott? Like, what is our window with this team? Like, where are we at? Like, you know, is this the coach that we should go with? Because that's the, all the question marks for them. For the Bills, I think they know who their quarterback is. It's the turmoil stuff after they get three years in a row. Three years in a row. Now year four, we're having the same issues. Three years in a row we did this, and now year four, same issues. Not the Buffalo Bills four Super Bowls. We can't even get to the Super Bowl. Which and they could have been the Buffalo Bills repeat because they could have all four times they could have made the Super Bowl. And all four times people thought they would make it and they had a great team. And all four times they've been disappointed. This time the worst because it wasn't even close. So if I had to pick between the two, I feel like the Bills a little bit just because history is repeating itself. And and when you see Stefan Diggs, you see the outburst. We've seen this before. And when he outbursts, he leaves. And so I think the Bills would panic a little bit if they lost Stefan Diggs. I think Josh Allen, uh, it was a great marriage. Like it was, it, you know, like, you know, Eminem. I've been watching a lot of, I don't know why they keep playing it, but Eight Mile. You know, I, I feel like I feel like the Bills were rapping against like Eminem and he's out there like, and the Bills have a really good marriage. You know, like they had a really good marriage. Like Stefan Diggs and, and, and Josh Allen, it was great for him. So uh, between the two, I think that turmoil, that that the way the game ended, the way the players ended it, uh, I'd say the Bills probably are in a little bit of panic. Uh, just because if they lose Stefan Diggs, it changes the scope of that team. So I, I look at the Bills, number two in offense, number two in defense. Mm-hmm. I think the Bills are just sad. Like the, the Bills are, their fan base is devastated because this was the year. Like very rarely do the stars align where your offense is among the best in the league. Your defense yeah. is among the best in the league. I think they think they've got the right coach. They've got the right quarterback and they had the talent this year, I think they are just bummed. But I think they'll be back. The Cowboys, I, I think people like people question whether they have the right coach in McCarthy, whether Elliott is kind of you know ruining their salary, salary cap situation. Um, Dak Prescott you know, keeps playing not great in the playoffs. I think there's more to worry about for the Cowboys. So I'm going to go with Dallas yeah. on that one. Okay. Um, how about this one? Now that we know the final four teams, Ron, mm-hmm. which Super Bowl matchup would be the most entertaining? I got to go with the Eagles first. Um, Eagles for me out of the NFC. Like 49ers are fun to watch. I just feel like the Eagles offense, because quarterback-wise, Brock Purdy, um, I just don't know like if that glass shoe was going to drop. Would be fun, though, to see a, like no rookie quarterback has, has you know, taken his team and won a Super Bowl. Or I think even gone to a Super Bowl, so that would be cool to see. But I, I think the Eagles are the tops in the NFC. I've said it all year. Um, on the other side, I don't know if I would throw like if it's the Eagles' defense. I don't know if you want to throw Pat Mahomes to the Wolves like that ankle. Now again, he will have time to heal, so maybe it is a Chad Henney try to get us to a Super Bowl and let like give him a couple more weeks, and then you get another week in the between for the Pro Bowl, and then so he'd have three weeks 
theoretically uh, this week, the next, and then the Super Bowl. Maybe Pat Mahomes will be back. Patrick, as his mom would say. Um, but I don't know if I want to throw him to the Wolves. I'd want to see uh, the Eagles and then give me a fully healthy Bengals. Like Joe Burrow has shown, like he is a, he's one of the guys. Like we forgot about, I think we forgot about the Bengals because of how the season started. Like, I think we forgot mm-hmm. about them. Like it didn't yeah. start great for them. And four so I think, and we, yeah, we, I think we forgot about the Bengals. Like we didn't put Joe Burrow up there with the upper echelon of quarterbacks with the Josh Allens and the Aaron Rodgers and, you know, or the new young guns, you know, the, the, the Josh Allens, um, put Jalen Hurts in there. You know, you weren't bringing up Joe Burrow a bunch. Like you weren't. Joe Burrow kind of was like, and now, and, oh, sorry, Patrick Mahomes. That's the other one. You weren't bringing up Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow's like, hey, look, man, anytime I'm here, because somebody's like, do you feel like your window's closing? Because when they were, I think they were whatever, they, four, they were four and four. And he's like, my window's anytime I step on the field. Like, I have a window anytime. And he's right. Look at him. <laughs> like, they're here. And all this like hoopla. And, and I didn't really talk about the conspiracy theories of like Damar Hamlin and all this. And everybody just wants the Bills to make it. And then everybody wants a, 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 a neutral site game. I mean, there was so much going on. Bengals said, man, let me end this for y'all. Don't even worry about neutral sites. It's going to be one place. Let us win this. Let's move on. But no, I, I, I that's who I'd go. I go Bengals. I don't know who you got. I go Eagles, Bengals. I would have gone the same thing. I think seeing Jalen Hurts against Joe Burrow two of the most electrifying young quarterbacks in the league. And you, you mm-hmm. really can't go wrong with any of these matchups because what I love to see Mahomes. Yep. What I love to see Brock Purdy trying to pull a Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like I would love to see all of it. So I don't think you can go wrong, but Bengals Eagles matchup to me is the most appealing. Um, and I, I'd like to see a little more drama, like in these next three games to end the, end the season so far, uh, divisional playoffs weren't that dramatic. Yeah. Um, down the stretch. So, last one for you, Ron. What's going on with Shannon Sharp getting into it with the Memphis Grizzlies? I know, I know, you keep an eye on Shannon. Yep. What's he doing? Courtside, yelling at John Morant. What's going on? Oh, Shay Shay. So here's where I go with this man. Like, and I got into it. Not got into it. I had a debate with somebody on Facebook, like a twenty-something comment debate. And at the end of the day, the reason I debated with this person is as as a black man, I'm never going to condemn another black man for something simple like what would happen. Uh, but he's trying to say this guy tried to say like Shannon Sharp is bad for black culture and he's bad for us. And, you know, he's on TV talking about black and miles and Hennessy. It's like, is it is he, though? Like, like we drink dark liquor. Everybody does, though. Like I drink old fashions all the time. I don't smoke black and miles, but I, I will have a cigar when I'm in Mexico on my vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, not really, though. Like, that's not my thing. My father-in-law, his group of guys do. They drink cigars and they golf and blah, blah. It's never been me. I've never been a smoker. My dad, you know, smoked black and miles. Uh, it's like it's basically a cigarette. It's a big cigarette with tobacco. And so to try to downplay something that's not illegal, like Hennessy and black and miles, and to try to, like, make it about that, like, oh, Shannon Sharp was drunk. This One, that's where I go with that. You can never, like, our culture is our culture. We do what we do because we do it. Like, it's not like we're trying to be something we're not. Uh, he's just bringing the culture to the forefront and people are seeing it, you know, the do rag, like what's the point? Our hair is not like, like you wake up, Sam, you probably could just brush your hair go about your day, comb it, do whatever. Like I got to wear some at night. So my hair doesn't grow all crazy. And you know, like, that's what we do. Like, if you want waves, you got to do like, it's just our culture. Like that's why our women have to wear bonnets and they have to wear like when they have braids and it's different, it's different culture. So one, that's why I never understand when people don't understand that learn the culture and then you understand it. 
Two, going on Shannon Sharp, here's a problem. The young American athlete, or just the young American boy, doesn't respect their elders. You see more and more now where you got old younger guys like punching old men walking into like on social media. People make fun, like, oh, it's so funny, punch the old guy. Look at it. Like, respect your elders. Like Shannon Sharp said verbatim, you're too small to guard LeBron. That's all he said. Dylan Brooks took it personal. He said, Dylan Brooks now says, and then he said, uh, I just said, uh, look at the score. Some, or he didn't score there or something. That's what he said. But Shannon Sharp heard F you. So then Shannon Sharp says F you back. And then all of a sudden, Stephen Adams comes running over. One, Stephen Adams had no reason to run over. Shannon Sharp is just talking to Dylan Brooks from across the court. Hasn't moved from his seat. Hasn't done anything. He's just having a conversation with Dylan Brooks. Maybe a little aggressive, but having a conversation. There's no reason for Stephen Adams to run over like, hey, you can't talk to my teammate like that. Like, he's a fan. That's what fans do. They're there to razz you. You're on the road. Like, that's where it went too far for me. I feel like the players were wrong. You have no reason to charge at Shannon Sharp for talking. Now, if he came onto the court, if he ran over to Dylan Brooks, Shannon Sharp's wrong, get him out. But the fact that he's just standing in the seat, just chirping, you can't run up on him. He didn't say, he didn't disrespect your mama. He said, you're too small to guard LeBron. And then when Dylan Brooks said F you, he said, come say it to my face. Like, you won't come say it to my face. Like, I didn't disrespect you. Why are you disrespecting me? And that's where I think it's disrespectful. That's that's why I go with Shannon Sharp on this. So that's my opinion. It was disrespectful of the way the Grizzlies handle it. Then T. Morant comes over. And then the guy tries to say, oh, if, I, if my son's getting into it. If your son's getting into it with a pro athlete, you're going to come out of the stands? Like, not T. Morant. Another guy tried to say this about T. Morant. Like, T. Morant wasn't wrong. Dylan Brooks was wrong. Shannon Sharp is wrong. Like, what? They all were a little bit wrong. T. Morant shouldn't have been over there. Like, you're, they have FBI agents. So, in my opinion, they all had a little bit of wrong in the situation. But at the end of the day, saying LeBron, you're too small to guard LeBron, should not create that type of reaction. That's just somebody who probably was already mad about Shannon Sharp, probably talking about the Lakers Grizzlies on TV, you know, that week or something with Skip, and it just blew over. I don't know. What do you got? Uh, what do you think about the conspiracy theory that they're just trying to pump up uh, the viewership for Undisputed? I wouldn't, I wouldn't deny that. I would deny that. Like, Hey, like now the thing is, like he could have never suspected Dylan Brooks was going to do that unless he said, "Hey, Dylan, let's get into it. I'll take care of you. You take care of me. We'll squash this later. You'll come on the show. I'll make you a TV celebrity. Maybe I don't know, but that, that'd be tough to like guarantee Dylan Brooks was going to. And then Stephen Adams yeah. to run over like that was that that'd be a lot. That's a lot of pieces in this conspiracy puzzle. But I know conspiracy theorists believe you can get all these. You know, somebody probably is like that's not even Stephen Adams. That was Jason Momoa. Dressed as Stephen Adams, like you know, <laughs> that was Aquaman. Aquaman showed up and he ran over, and Stephen Adams was in the locker room. That was a, that was a that was a, a stunt double, you know. Yeah. That wasn't T. Morant. That was Usher. I mean, you know, like I I'd get it, it, but no, I don't. I don't know yeah. if Shannon would have. I definitely believe being there though. Like, yeah, anytime he's out and about and he can create any type of buzz, people are gonna watch his show. Because now today, I'm pretty sure all his little clips about the Grizzlies are gonna pop up on social media. People are going to tune in a day to see what him and Skip have to say about it because Skip's probably – who knows if Skip's going to – Skip might even say, Shannon, you're wrong. Like, they, then that makes it even bigger, you know, because now Shannon's like, what, Skip, really? You going you gonna to go against me? Oh, man, man. You know, so who knows? But, no, I I, yeah, I think he could have tried to create buzz, but it's tough to get all the reactions that he got to create buzz for this show. Speaking of buzz, three Well, that'll do it for the Ron Johnson Show today. I want to thank everybody for continuing to uh, listen, download – and FanDuel. FanDuel is our new partner. So moving forward, we'll be talking a lot more about FanDuel. I'm going to create some RJ parlays. we got to figure some RJ parlays out with FanDuel. I'm looking forward to that. Um, 
But please make sure you continue to download, like, subscribe, share, comment, interact with us on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want endless Vikings talk, make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube, where you can find all of our videos, all of our shows, instant podcasts after every game, and the Vikings press conferences delivering all the biggest news. Like our videos and leave your thoughts in the comment section below. Thank you. Have a great day.